0: Praise be to All Mother. It is the new episode of the Dorkies Podcast. I am your co host, Mike, and joining me on this deep dive of Horizon Zero Dawn is my co host, whom I am proud to announce that I have also purchased for uh, $68 billion. That's right. I'm talking, of course, about Daniel. Daniel, welcome to the Microsoft family, my friend. Yes.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to have been purchased. <laughs>
0: You know, we're not like a news type of podcast, right? But how can we like not at least bring that up? You know, it's 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 something that is going to change the industry forever. You know, just this past you know a week ago, prior to this episode coming out, you know, an unassuming Tuesday. You know, you know the Tuesday coming out of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. You know, some of us had day off, so you know I'm going back to work. You know, you know go you know going through traffic, going through all that rigmarole. You know, then I do my you know my my morning duties, and then I take a little bit of a break. You know, check check the news feed, check my video game news feed, and I'm like, I, I see this thing that's obviously a joke. Like someone's like obviously just making bold claims. There's probably a rumor out there, like, oh yeah, Microsoft's gonna buy uh, Activision Blizzard. I'm like, uh huh, yeah, sure, whatever. And then I keep seeing it. I'm like, oh oh oh, this really happened. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was me. I I just really wasn't on twitter or anything that that day So I get yeah. home i i turn on youtube and i see a youtube video about it i'm like excuse me what <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh dude th- this is this is right off the heels of them buying just just buying uh, bethesda you know for a measly seven billion dollars then they're th- then they go and bust out and, and papa phil over here you know he's feeling generous it's it's you know it's probably you know, he get he still has like that Christmas cheer in his heart. I'm sure he's busting out his wall and be like, "Oh, what other, you know, multi billion dollar company can I buy today?" Like, oh, just Activision Blizzard, why not?
1: <laughs> I say, I know, right? It's just like, all right, I what did someone say that this is only like a few billion dollars less than Disney buying like. Fox or something. I remember. Yeah.
0: I think Fox was like 73, 74 billion. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was, you know, it was just a few years ago, but, Oh my gosh, this, uh, this is not only like one of the biggest deals in you know, the video game industry, this is a big deal in, like, the financial world, too. Like, people just don't just throw at that kind of money. Like, Microsoft just made a huge investment, not only in their future, but, like, in the, you know, in the future of some of these franchises. Like, there's no way, like, two years from now, um you know, we, we could probably have a whole episode about this, but, you know, we got, we got to talk about Horizon. But <laughs> there, there's no way, like, two years from now, people aren't, like, you know, speculating whether or not Call of Duty is going to come to PlayStation, you know?
1: exactly and the uh, very cynical part of me when i read when i saw this was like ah i see sony just makes all their first party games my microsoft just <laughs> buys theirs
0: <laughs> that's a- oh ooh, burn <laughs> and halo sitting over here like what am i what am i trashed you like <laughs> well yeah i've been he- i've been heard some uh now, I've heard like on and off things about Halo Infinite. You know, I haven't played it, of course. But uh, yeah, dude, like, uh, you know, other more educated people than me have, you know, better opinions and better takes about this. But, you know, this seriously, like, w- what does Sony do for one? And two, like, how does Sony even like follow through with something like this? They can't just be like, oh, well, oh, you guys bought Activision Blizzard? Well, we just bought. Konami. (laughs) Pachinko Machines. Yay. I was
1: going to be like, the only way they can retaliate is if they just buy EA.
0: Yeah. You know, there there are like big publishers out there, like Square Enix. I know, you know, Sony and Square have like a big, you know, a a close relationship. You know, that that would be a big thing. They're probably not for sale, I'm sure. But, you know, like the, uh, the only thing I could think of is to at least parody Xbox Game Pass at this point. Like, you have to. You have to at least m- match the value that Microsoft is going to be putting forth in the coming years. You gotta, you gotta invite people. You gotta make it easier for people to go into your ecosystem. At this point, you gotta, you know, get their fifteen dollars before they're willing to spend the fifteen dollars to go to, the, to Game Pass. It's like, oh, this this forty this chess that Microsoft is playing right now, and it's playing in through their favor. It's just so fascinating to watch from the sidelines.
1: Exactly. Like it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting time for gaming. I'm definitely curious as to where this is going to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you said it perfectly, man. It's an, it's an interesting time and can't wait to see what the ramifications of this are. You know, so, you know, the, the the deal will be finalized in 2023. So, you know, no major changes to things like, um, you know, Warcraft or or Overwatch or Call of Duty at this point. But uh, yeah, so it, it's coming down the line for sure so we'll, we'll see what happens uh, you know if I were Microsoft too I'd I and, and Sony doesn't make like any sort of like game pass uh competitor like I think they'd be very smart to leave the um the release structure of call of Duty at least for you know just have have people on the PlayStation family pay their 70 bucks for it every single year you know they'd be they'd be smart not to allow that to happen so yeah, yeah and exactly. then, you
1: know, Sorry, but that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, wouldn't you think that what they would do is just not necessarily not let Sony release them, but if you have a PlayStation and not Xbox, you just got to pay game price and then they'd put it on Game Pass for Xbox players
0: yeah so i I think you know the the future of call of duty at least is going to be very dependent on what sony does next with this move so yeah exciting dude we could speculate for hours on end but uh
1: maybe for another episode
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes we're we're gonna turn ourselves into a news episode just for just for one week but uh daniel uh you know i'm excited you know we are just essentially a month away from horizon forbidden west i'm very excited you know last on on our last episode i talked about how i just did a quick little replay on new game plus just shotgun through that story just to kind of catch myself up on um on the lore and the and the story and the characters you know i'm sure a lot of those characters are going to be returning for the sequel um and uh you know, and so we had the idea to do this deep dive. Uh, you know, so it's, it, it's a great way to refresh not only ourselves, uh, you know, and get ourselves hyped and excited for the sequel. But, you know, maybe also refresh the listeners, too, who haven't had a chance to, um, you know, check out, uh, well, you know, or, or replay it or even check it out. You know, if if you guys have a PS4, maybe even a PS5, and this is just a game that's in your blind spot, like you still have time. Uh, But, uh, you know, if you if you'd like to hear us gush about it, uh, then this is the place to do it, I feel like, Daniel.
1: Exactly. I am very excited to talk about this game.
0: Uh, But before that, we got some other games to talk about. Uh, Daniel, what is it that you are playing over there?
1: So, well, I have been continuing my journey through Breath of the
0: Wild. Uh, That's what I want to hear.
1: Unfortunately, uh, my my fancy has been gone all weekend and she took the switch. (laughs) i've been deprived of my breath of the wild
0: when did she when did she leave Uh, friday oh you've been three days without the switch yes oh ouch i'm sorry to hear that i'm sorry for your
1: loss (laughs) yes but i have been supplementing that to say with other games thankfully but yeah i have fun i just got to the part where i get or i get the glider because i've just been screwing around cooking
0: oh cool Yeah, cooking is one of those things where like it's 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 fun to mess around with, but you are also you're also rewarded for messing around because you're just gonna have all these dishes waiting for you when you need them.
1: Exactly. It was just yeah. I was I told my fiance I was like I'm just I'm never gonna make any parts. I'll be playing this game for the next five years just because yeah I, I get lost <laughs> in every little new thing I discover. I'm like ooh, what is this?
0: Yeah, poor Zelda is just you know the the spirit of Zelda is just holding back calamity again and just just waiting. Just what you, he, any minute now. Any minute now, he's going to march down that castle and take care of this. You know, I've just been doing this for 100 <laughs> plus years. You know, whatever. <laughs> Wait a few more hours.
1: <laughs> exactly. But
0: uh, I have also been
1: playing what I'm just going to... Because there's PlayStations for... Or play, uh, the PlayStation version of this, but I've also been to play Phoenix Rising.
0: Mm, okay, yeah. So, I mean, next best thing, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Which I would say... I i see i i'm drawing a blank is it ubisoft that makes the made phoenix rising
0: correct yeah
1: that's i i could tell it very much seemed like a lot of it was very ubisoft in the way the game is playing and it has like those extra like oh online like things that keep popping up in the world that i find a little annoying but i was like but overall it's still I'm still enjoying myself the story is like, fun the characters are fun
0: like microtransactions? Is that what you're talking about? Not
1: really, thank It's just like uh, you'll walk through place and it'll be like, hey, look, here's an online event. And I'm just like, I don't care about that. Let me do what I'm trying to do.
0: An online event? Is, is there like a multiplayer aspect to this game?
1: I don't know. I'm very... Oh. I, maybe it's like an online thing where you, it keep, just tracks your time with something, but it pops up a lot. And mm. I'm just like... I see like how an I online
0: this. leaderboard, maybe, to like do like challenges and see how you do against other people?
1: Yeah, maybe. Okay. It. It's not a big thing. It just it pops up in your HUD a lot, and I'm just like, quit cluttering up my <laughs> my stuff.
0: Yeah, that's very Ubisoft.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I was, was like, you know, aside from those Ubisoft things, I'm enjoying it. I'm like at like the first of I think it's like four or five like main boss levels. So. Ah,
0: yeah. So you're taking down the div- you're at a uh, one of the cities where they're having trouble with one of the divine beasts.
1: Duh. What? <laughs>
0: Uh, did you did you did you leave the uh the 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 plateau yet
1: i'm talking about phoenix rising
0: oh whoops
1: that's <laughs> why <laughs> I, I just thought that i was like mm, my bad I think, you're, I think you're still talking about breath of the wild
0: <laughs> dude i'm always thinking about breath of the wild <laughs> i'm but sorry
1: i don't know the first main bosses I say for Phoenix Rising.
0: Oh, okay. As, yeah, so I even in to... Phoenix Rising, they they decided to do four big bosses just like in Breath of the Wild. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, i really started I, the more I'm playing it the more it's like well, this is just this is a Ubisoft clone, but it's a very good Ubisoft clone. Yeah,
0: yeah. If you're going to clone but... a game, like clone one of the best games ever made, right?
1: Right. So it's it's bound to happen. But uh, aside from that, uh, me and the fiance have uh, started up Life is Strange two. Ooh,
0: wow! You're jumping into that one. I thought I thought I thought that was going to be kind of you know down the way.
1: Nope, she is uh, as a she is obsessed. So we just and she's like, I know I have true colors, but I have to play two first. <laughs> yeah, we play... you know
0: they're not related in any way, but you got to get that. You got to get those those story beats out of the way, dude.
1: Yeah, and after going to like five Game Stops, we finally found it.
0: Oh, cool. That is, yeah, like, but... the
1: weirdly the hardest game I've ever had a time finding at a GameStop.
0: Yeah, now that I think about it, like, I I don't think I see much of the physical copies around there.
1: Yeah, that's very strange, but we may f- play it, uh, we're, like, in episode two right now. Oh, cool. And I learned somehow this game is already more depressing than the first one.
0: Oh, yes, <laughs> it is. I,
1: and I'm just, like and there are so many things where i'm like oh good not only do we have like the sadness and drama of the first one now we get to add racism into it
0: mhm we get to add racism we get to add you know a little bit of classism in there like when you get when you get further down into the story it's it, it tackles yeah. a lot of things
1: yeah and it's like I, it, it's crazy how subtle it is and by just my white brain not even realizing it like the scene when you're in like the convenience store the first thing i'm saying like yeah we don't get many visitors like travelers like you around here yeah. And then i don't know so i'm like oh it's because i'm not white mm. i'm like well, that's what she meant
0: yeah there is a lot of those like microaggression type of things and it's very intentional right you know it's but yeah, right. definitely painting a picture of how you know sometimes people of color like they'll they just hear those little comments and it's like you know if 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 you're fortunate enough to not have that you know have that be an issue in your life and you notice it in a game like this or in a fiction like this you know it's just kind of puts you in the shoes of like just how exhausting that could be you know
1: yeah yeah I i once i started noticing it i noticed it everywhere and i'm just like this is just beats you down after a while <laughs>
0: cool. yeah but uh, l- let me ask you something for uh life is strange too this is something i wanted to get your perspective on um you know as a fan of one and before the storm um well i guess you probably have experience with this a little bit for before the storm but how do you like um controlling a character um who isn't the one with powers like you're you're kind of confiding in the character with powers well, right. what do you think of that kind of perspective
1: i think that's a very interesting perspective because now it's not like i have the abilities but it's like and i realize that is like based off how you act in the game you're basically molding this other character into how they're going to act and use their powers
0: yeah it's it's very cool to be like the moral compass of the one who has these powers that could like change the world essentially like his power is so powerful and if if he was older than like how, how old he's supposed to be like nine. seven maybe nine but uh yeah if, if he was any older <clears throat> any wiser any more corrupted by the world around him like he could really do some damage in the world so it's you know there's a lot of responsibility in being <clears throat> that moral compass that older brother that family figure you know
1: yeah the, definitely like i said so so far in the game i'm really liking the story really liking where it's going So i'm eager to see where it goes
0: with the benefit of hindsight and having played um, all of the Life is Strange games so far, I I, I think I can f- f- accurately say that two is the saddest.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I'm like, I, <laughs> I was hoping that I hope that's the case. I don't. I hope True Colors doesn't get sadder.
0: True Colors has like you know very melancholy moments, but there's um you know because that because the point of that game is like emotion like it really runs the spectrum of like happiness and sadness and sorrow and grief and and joy and and the sense of family and stuff like that so it's it's a lot more varied you know where life is strange too is is a misery road trip.
1: Yes, <laughs> I, I I told my fiance I was like, well, I guess we should have looked up does the dog diecom before we played oh, this no. game.
0: <laughs> That's right. Call back to an early episode. Jeez Louise, yeah, man. It,
1: uh, that was. <laughs> I was just sitting there. I just got off with the couch. I went, like, nope. I had a hand with the controller. It's like your turn. <laughs> it's like I'm out.
0: Oh yeah. Well, get 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 used to more. Uh, moments where you none of you guys want to hold a controller so have fun buddy
1: (laughs) as a yeah so all right and the last thing i played i played this game in two days so it didn't take me very long nice i see i played until dawn
0: oh dope dude cool this is your first time through it
1: yes i i I watched the playthrough when it came out because obviously i did not have the console to play it on when it came Mm -hmm. out
0: oh that means nothing you there's like 1100 endings in that
1: yeah so So i decided to be a little spooky i I told my fiance i was like you'd love this game she's like it's a horror game i'm not playing it i was like fair enough (laughs) but uh all right mike take a wild guess how many people survived my playthrough
0: (laughs) Hmm. well you said that with such eagerness so i'm gonna say zero
1: (laughs) okay okay it wasn't that bad i didn't get three of them out alive
0: oh three not bad not bad
1: I, I sad part was, and the very last part, I had five people alive.
0: (laughs) Oh my god! Thank you, because that exact same thing happened to me. It was the last prompt, wasn't it?
1: I said, yeah. Yeah, Oh my
0: god that that last prompt is so confusing. And yeah, so you know, if if I guess we're gonna kind of spoiler what what the prompt is, it's like either run. Or it's like something grab the switch or something, right? And you're in Let's a tense moment. Grab the moment.
1: switch or save this character or something.
0: Yeah. and So and go ahead. So
1: I hit to flip the switch thinking like, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll give it you. I, I was Sam and it was either save Ashley or flip switch. I was like, oh, I, it's a grab Ashley or something. I'm like, well, I see if I grab her, I'm just going to die. But if I flip the switch, maybe we can both get out. Flip Flip the switch. Place burns up and I just see Ashley's horse. Just like, I'm, I'm
0: like, oh no! I was I I was playing that with my family and we did like the couch co-op thing where each each time the per, the, per, the perspective changed, we pass the controller off to another character, right, or to another person on the couch. So we, and so I was Sam and the same freaking thing happened. You know, so I think okay, as soon as this Wendigo is like out of the way or something, I'm just gonna freaking go. I got almost all the characters alive. Like we're gonna have we're gonna get the good end. Ending, baby, and then I get the freaking whatever. Flip the switches. Same thing happened. The freaking cabin blows up. I see the charred remains
1: of like, the I other was kids so And I, I was like, freaking Ashley, no.
0: <laughs> and I stood up, and I had my hands in my hair with my mouth <laughs> just wide open, like so what exactly. happened.
1: <laughs> same exact thing i want a quick rundown of how my characters died so we can compare
0: oh sure sure
1: okay well it's Jess been a couple years first. so
0: I'll, I'll try my best to remember all
1: right well for me Jess died first because i could i i messed up a quick time event and as mike I couldn't get to her fast enough
0: Okay, yeah, I, I was doing really well up until the end. Uh, there's a great, you know, Simpsons or Futurama reference, like, "Oh, you're doing really well until everyone died." But uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, and, and you know, from there, I, I did pretty well for most of the game. Like, I'll you know, say, there's the uh, fake out death of one mm-hmm. of the characters,
0: so the one that gets I, pulled through the door, right?
1: I say, well, I meant more the one that gets cut in half. <laughs> oh,
0: that one, yeah, that one doesn't count.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one doesn't count. But uh, so I did really well until I see what i learned is my my uh, crypt knight is the hold the controller still thing. I, I i apparently do not have very steady hands
0: <laughs> oh dude i cheesed that you know how i did it because we were sitting on the couch and uh when that can hold the controller still thing i just left it on my i just left it on my uh on my lap and i just moved my hands off of it and that seemed to work
1: Damn, dang it i should have thought of that <laughs> that's so easy but uh due to my inability to hold a controller still chris got killed
0: oh jeez <laughs> Those are tough. Those are surprisingly like really tough. And I, I really love the creativity behind a lot of those quick time events. Yeah,
1: yeah the motion controls and stuff are very in, intuitive. I thought yeah. was very cool. But yeah, so Chris died because I couldn't hold still. Uh Josh died. I don't know necessarily how to keep him alive, honestly.
0: Hmm. Let me look up the characters really quick. Uh, so let me I'm having a little bit of a trouble like putting a name to a face.
1: Uh Josh is Rami Malik. <laughs>
0: oh sure yeah he died i don't remember how he died in my playthrough though i think he probably just got eaten by a wendigo
1: he got to eat my wendigo yes oh okay so (laughs) our
0: same spot (laughs) nice
1: yeah so that happened and then so all right so there we go that so five are left uh, we're in the cabin again i'm playing as sam my inability to stay still again got mike killed right at the end i was really upset by it. i didn't realize he was dead until they did the until they start showing all the deaths i'm like wait that killed him no
0: <laughs> see my mike was alive up until the cabin he died at the cabin
1: yes yeah so same. that's actually where he died at the, at the cabin right at the very end <laughs>
0: And then uh, Emily died for me. Like, she's the blonde who is uh, Mike's girlfriend, right? No, that's Jess. Oh, Jess. Okay, so Jess died for me at the other cabin where they were about to have sex. And then, yeah, yeah, so I I messed up something or I did something to where she was by the door and then a Wendigo pulled her through the window. So, like, oh, (laughs) oh, my. Yeah,
1: Yeah, okay, so same thing there, yes. So, I ended with my only survivors being Sam... Emily who is the uh, see, uh she was the one that was Mike's ex-girlfriend and then her boyfriend oh, okay. Matt. Yeah, Those are the three that survived my playthrough.
0: Yeah Sam survived for me because you know she ran away from the exploding cabin. <laughs> uh, I think Chris Chris was okay somehow. Uh, Mike died in the cabin. Uh, Jess was eaten by a Wendigo I assume. And Matt is alive. Yes, Matt is alive. And I think Emily survived as... His... No, no. Emily died in the cabin. Yeah. So we yeah. so were about even, right? You know, about half half of the characters survived.
1: Yeah. So what I learned is Emily is so hard to kill. Like, I swear they slow down the quick time <laughs> event Whoa. for her. Whoa. <laughs> I said, no but it's just, there's so many times where i'm like i should have if that was any other character i think i would have died it's like i guess the plot requires i live through this part
0: yeah <laughs> yeah there was one Mike where yeah I, yeah I think it might be with uh emily like i think she's the character that has another kind of fake out death i think it's up in the scaffolding like she's up with
1: <laughs> yeah yeah hmm. she falls down and that's yeah. it, that's why i learned that i i think that's how matt survived because i had matt jump instead of like try to grab her because i sooner like well, if he tries to grab her and it falls, we're both gonna die. If I make him jump, at least I know he'll survive.
0: Yeah, so we—I had Matt tried to save her, and then Emily fell, and then um, so we just assumed, oh, great, we killed her, and then there, you know, in a scene later, like, oh, she wakes up from the cavern that she fell in, or whatever.
1: Yeah. So, and I and I love the butterfly effect things that like tell you like this happened because this happened and because this yeah. happened. I'm like, it's- I.
0: It's a very they, inventive game, you know, it, you, you go into it thinking like, oh, this is just, you know, one of those choose your own adventures like The Walking Dead or The Wolf Among Us or something like that. And you you think you know what you're getting into, but they add just enough of uh, cool game mechanics to make this wholly unique.
1: Yeah. And my first reaction upon finishing it was, I was like, well, that was really depressing. I want to play again and see if I can make everybody <laughs> live
0: yeah we try to do that um as a family like you know uh ever since we played it like three years ago i think it was like uh every every halloween or around the time of halloween like we'll play this again and see what kind of ending we can get and you know switch characters around like you know oh you were this character last time so now i'm going to take this character you know things like that so yeah it's a a great party game it's a great game to play with people you know and it's it's not it's a horror It's, it's so there's jump scares but it's not like terrifying like it's meant to be a little corny a little b movie type of yeah. aesthetic you know
1: though i will admit uh the first night i played i decided i was like yeah, i'll just play this with all the lights off no oh. <laughs> and uh so i admit the jump scares uh, the couple of the jump scares got me i think the first major jump scare as i jumped on it, i was like all right game we're gonna do this sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> But uh, yeah, dude, cool, cool, cool pick, and uh, you, you, this is something that you guys found on um PlayStation Now. Yep. Nice, dude. They All got right, a good, Mike. You got a good selection have, there.
1: Since I've been rambling on for oh, let's say, for so long, uh, what <laughs> have you been playing over there?
0: Well, so I've I've uh, so full full disclosure, this past week I've been like super busy with uh like, wedding stuff. Like me and my me and my wife, who are married, like we're gonna have our wedding in April. because We do kept having to like delay so i've been doing some some wedding stuff on the on the side in my free time so haven't had too much time to play games but i will i do want to tell a story a skyrim story actually because you know i'm sure you're excited to hear me talk about some skyrim so you know last last we left off you know i'm kind of early in the game i'm still kind of like in the beginning areas you know i just uh i I believe last time i left off and talked about it on the show you know I, i i heard the big like chanting from the graybeards they're like oh they they, they want to they, they've been alerted or they know about the dragonborn so i have to go you know find them so i've, I've kind of left that to the side and i just kind of cleaning up some missions around the that first area that first little town or that you're in i'm trying to get into this house that uh um, someone's like hey i think my son there's something with my son and i keep messing up the the, the lot picking thing so I ran out of lot picks I'm like okay I'm gonna go find some lot picks so I was just out exploring just kind of doing stuff and getting sidetracked you know doing this doing the Skyrim thing right so I'm doing all that it's been a couple hours so I'm like okay well, let me go to um, Ivar Ivarstead I think it's called right
1: yeah Ivarstead I think I, yeah,
0: yeah. Ivarstead where the graybeards are so I start I do some exploring over there I'm killing some wolves I you know I find some bandits I, I you know like you know chop them down you know and I make it to Ivarstead. And, you know and then and then I'm'm I'm making my rounds going to the going to the bar you know I'm talking to people and stuff like that so then I'm heading down to where the map markers tell me oh this is probably where the graybeards are right so I'm going down there and then I run into an ice troll all right so I'm like okay uh-huh. yeah so you know, I've, it, it, he doesn't look you know so I shoot an arrow at it it's host, it, it sees me it's hostile so I shoot an arrow it's like and I see the health go down like okay so he's not like super overpowered I could probably take him so I go fight him Homeboy's like, just like wrecking me. Right. He's just like, bah, bah, bah. He, he, he sh- you know, he shoots me a good distance away and I, and I don't see my health. And I'm like, Oh no, I died nuts. So I, so I'm like, okay, well, the autosave save will uh, put me back at a, you know, a, you know, a, a, a good, a good ways back and I'll just kind of make, I'll just try again. So the autosave comes up and uh, it was from and it started me up at the, the time I started, Two and a half hours ago.
1: Oh, no... Oh no! Well, we've I've all we've all been there, Mike.
0: Why didn't the, anybody I, warn me?
1: I I'm sorry. I should have warned you. You can't rely on auto-save. You have to save all the. Oh my, my I, god! It's soul crushing. <laughs> I know. I I I actually feel awful that I didn't mention <laughs> that in our entire Skyrim. Just I completely blanked. I'm like yes, like I say, I save like every oh like 15 god. minutes in that game because that has happened to me so many times. Because you know. Because it only really autosaves when you fast travel or if you go into a or exit a building.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, if you fast travel to a location or if you enter and exit a building, it will autosave. It does not autosave outside of that.
0: And there's no way to change this.
1: No, you, there's no way to change it. You can turn autosave off altogether. Oh God. <laughs>
0: so, okay, so this happened on Monday, last Monday. Mm -hmm. And I haven't touched it since. (laughs) I'm so Uh, mad. It it makes me mad. I know that. It's happened to me so many times. It
1: adds a lot. Because, you know, when you're constantly fighting things, at least for me, it's like, okay, save before fighting this guy. Because I know, I don't know, last time I saved, but when you're just out exploring, you're not thinking about it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I got killed by a bear or a troll or whatever. And that's like, uh oh, oh, that was an hour. In your case, like
0: two hours. Two and a half hours, dude. I started at like 8 p.m when I came home, had, you know, had dinner and, you know, and then my wife was working on a project. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, I don't have anything to do. So I'm going to pop on Skyrim and, you know, and so I'm doing my thing. It's 1030, you know, like, okay, I'm going to start thinking about going to bed here. Let me just go to the, where the gray beards are. You know, it's not that far away. I can see it on my map. And it's like, and then all that time gone, gone. <sighs> so luckily I- the for this past week, I've, I've had like wedding stuff to do. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to leave it to the side. I'm still very mad at you, <laughs> Skyrim. <laughs> but I'm going to pick it up again uh, this week, so um, you know, hopefully, try to make up my time again and maybe practice uh, my uh, lock, lock picking because I wasn't able to do that quest where you're supposed to sneak into this this guild or whatever to to find this lady's son. I don't know if you've done that one. You probably have.
1: I, I probably have, but I don't. This doesn't <clears throat> ring a bell immediately.
0: Yeah, so I guess I'm just going to have to get used to. Pop in the menu and hit and save every half an hour or whatever. <sighs> yep, <laughs> yep. But <laughs> Thursday night or something, I popped in a, a game that's been in my backlog. Uh, it, it, it was a, a recent purchase, so I, I purchased it a couple months ago on a sale. Uh, this game's called Scarlet Nexus. Uh, I'm playing this on PS5 at the moment. Uh, this I have came heard out- of us. Oh, you've heard of it? Cool. Yes. Uh, it uh, it it also has an anime. Uh, uh, an adaptation i don't think it's a companion piece i think it's just the game so you know if you, if you don't have a console or whatever you just want to check this world out you know you can you can it's on funimation uh, i i know this because i have funimation uh but uh yeah so you so either i'm, I'm recommending both either the game or um the the series if if, if you don't want to play through it but the uh, the from a gameplay perspective this is actually a pretty interesting game so you know you for the first couple hours it's doing the anime thing it's introducing you to this world very stilted voice acting you know you you, you all know what anime is like right yes. uh but uh, i do have to say though that the combat is very intuitive it's very interesting and it has like these it does these really cool things with like melee combat combined with like psychokinetic psychokinetic powers uh because you can choose between one of two characters there's like a there's a male character named uh uh, uh yuito and then a female character named kasane and to get the full story you have to play through both of their um campaigns which actually isn't very long which is you know thankfully very good you know anime games tend to overstay their welcome a lot <laughs> but, uh... oh
1: yeah i say uh this is a slight aside really quick i was looking on playstation now i was like okay what when i was looking for until dawn i was like what's a quick game i can play like something i can knock out in a weekend since i'm here by myself mm-hmm. and i was just looking through games and i saw that Oh, well they have uh, Final Fantasy X and X2 on here. I oh, looked nice. up just out of curiosity the I said the how long to beat. I looked at it. It said like 100 hours. I'm like, all right, no that's not the game I'm going to be playing then.
0: Uh no, that's that's inaccurate. That I think that I think it's talking about those two games together so okay. divide that yeah so divide that in half and you know, final fantasy 10 i'd say more accurately like if, especially even if you're just playing it for the first time i'd say 35 to 40 for for final fantasy 10 because uh, you're going to want to do some of those side quests too some of those side quests have like really really good rewards to help build your uh build your characters up so uh yeah so if, you, if you're i know you're interested in final fantasy 10 you know from our final fantasy uh episode but uh yeah, don't 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 let that deter you. I think that's for the HD remaster that which packs those two games together.
1: Gotcha. Okay. How was gonna say, I was like I was like, if these games are going to be a hundred hours, I'm going to have an issue here.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I what's the longest Final Fantasy I've ever played? Probably fifteen, but that was of my own. No, seven remake because I just I just kept playing it yeah so but you know I, I, i'm a bad person to ask when it comes to how long to beat a final fantasy game
1: fair <laughs> enough and i like i just love it this time it's my fault we cannot go an episode not talking about final fantasy <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks daniel <laughs> anyway Anyways, so for you... scarlet nexus yeah i'm really enjoying it so far uh and the story thankfully is taking a turn to the unexpected and uh, it's taking you know uh, and just like you know i keep saying like oh it's doing its anime thing i was pretty sure like two hours in like, Oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know all the story beats. I'm just going to have to trudge through this, you know? But, uh, you know, thankfully like the story is, is, is interesting and intriguing and the characters are, yeah, are, are, are not acting like crazy people. Like I get frustrated with anime a lot, you know, they're just like, like you guys are not acting like human beings. I have no, care at all what you guys are doing but uh you know thankfully the the, there's like emotional beats in here and i'm 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 excited to see how uh this story plays out and you know i think i'm gonna immediately go into the uh uh, other characters um storyline because i'm really interested to see it from their perspective because that character did something horrific and i want to know why so i can't wait to play this game a little bit more it's 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 it seems like a fun little you know Thing to keep in your backlog if you're interested. So you know, go check out a trailer. um You know, check out a review or two uh, from from outlets that you trust, and you know, see if Scarlet Nexus might be right for you. Or you can check out the anime series. I don't know. I'm not your mom.
1: Huh, definitely sounds good.
0: Very cool, uh, dude.
1: I, I've been curious about that game. I've been seeing it a lot when I walk into a Walmart. I'd always go like, "What is that?"
0: Yeah, it's often on sale too, and it's got like very evocative, like um uh, art direction the monster designs are very very cool so you know if you want to play something just for the aesthetics i think you know uh, scarlet nexus is a, is a is a good place to be i think
1: well i will definitely uh, add it to my backlog
0: cool so uh you know one game that uh, we tackled from our backlog not too long ago is a uh, horizon zero dawn let's get to it my friend
1: yes that's it yes we have so much we can and will talk about
0: <laughs> all right buddy so this game first came out in 2017 uh right before uh, the nintendo switch and breath of the wild came out now a little backstory for this game at least from my uh, perspective you know i picked this up the weekend it came out i was very excited for it you know i, I was a a fan-ish of Gorilla Games' previous games, the, the, the Killzone, the Killzone franchise. Like Oh, that...
1: yeah, that's right. They did make
0: those. That's right, yeah. This is like kind of like their only other um IP that they've made, which is interesting. So good on them. Yeah, like right? they went in a completely I, different direction.
1: Exactly. Because I played uh I think it was two and three way back in the day.
0: Yeah, I've played Killzone 2. I didn't finish Killzone 3 because I hate those characters. Like it was to the point where like you guys are just acting like the broiest bros, who whoever broed, and I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> and I, I, have, I have zero interest in this story because you guys are so like hyper masculine. It's 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 shriveling my own testicles how 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 hyper masculine you guys are. Anyway, and and but the uh, fast forward to the PS4, like one of the first games I got was uh, Killzone Shadowfall which is one of the only games available at the time uh, when the PS4 first came out. But uh, yeah, so, you know, Guerrilla Games, they've been around for a little while. And then, you know, after Killzone and Shadowfall, they pivoted and went to this great new direction with a great new art style, great new perspective, too. And, you know, um, and, and whole an amazing premise with a very mature story, very well-told, complex story Uh, by the way you know we were talking off air prior to this like where do we start (laughs) but uh yeah so for horizon you know i mentioned it came out right before the switch and at least from my perspective you know it it, i feel like once breath of the wild came out you know a game that revolutionized open world design forever um I, i feel like this game was a little pushed to the side and a lot not a lot of people really like talked about it and if if we're being fair you know if you if you if you had those two games in front of me and you said like hey mike you can only play one game for the rest of your life like i'm going to play breath of the wild right so it's it's not a it's not a fair comparison to, to to you know to to you know for those two but uh and i always felt bad for this game because this game is incredible it's doing its own thing you know it's not breath of the wild but it's li- it definitely lives in the shadow of that game uh you know especially yeah. when you can compare like the mechanics itself too like even though um, you know, Aloy in, in, in Horizon has like this amazing traversal, getting up mountains, and it's very amazing to look at. And it's very frenetic, and it's you know, it, it adds. It's just enough realism to make you believe that this young woman can like you know, hop up, uh, you know, canyon cliffs the way that she does. But at the same time. You have Link over here who can climb literally any surface. You can go in a straight line on on the world map, technically, you know. And then you have Link like he can he can paraglide down amazing distances, whereas Aloy like she has to like eat the fall damage, right?
1: Yeah, fall damage exists in, in Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, but you know, fast forward to uh, Forbidden West. You know, looking at some gameplay, looking at some gameplay trailers like. Aloy is now going to have like a grappling hook and she's going to have a like a mechanical looking glider thing as well. So they've definitely, you know, has been inspired by their direct competitor from 2017. But uh, so let's, you know, so now that we have that kind of out of the way, you know, I, I, you know, I do feel like this game is a little undervalued because it just kind of unfortunately came out next to one of the greatest games of all time. But uh, that being said, I, I think people who choose to jump into this game are going to be very surprised at the the quality of it this the storytelling quality the the quality of the world and the art direction and some of the mechanics that I think it does a lot better than like you know some not to keep talking about Breath of the Wild but like it does like it does its bow combat way better than like most other games with a bow in it like exactly I, I, yeah i love the way this game tackles like its combat and things like that so you know anything on on, on your end too that i'm missing before we you know kind of jump into the lore
1: I say, nah you probably love it this i can tell you from my perspective the game definitely was like just kind of like it came out and then no one talked about it because i remember when it came out you know i didn't have a ps4 so i didn't play it And I just just like I watched someone like I only watched like some places the first little bit of it. And it was just like, there was just no one talking about it. So I just never really paid attention to it until Mm -hmm. I got a PS5. I was like, well, I've heard good things about that game. It looks pretty cool. So I said, but yeah, so I was like, yeah, I completely agree with you. A very undervalued game.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure you too, just like you mentioned, you you know, this game was never on the forefront of your mind until you just saw it at the on, on the PlayStation Now store. Like I'm sure you were like greatly surprised at how much you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I keep thinking you're talking know, about how it got overshadowed by uh Breath of the Wild, I was like, well, let's hope the same thing doesn't happen with Forbidden West because of Elden Ring.
0: <laughs> I'm so sad for Forbidden West. Like,
1: I like, like you know, I, I made this up to myself. I don't know if I'm getting either game day one, but if I'm getting only one of them, I'll make it Forbidden West. I will <laughs> I will give them my money first. Look
0: at you. Look at you honoring the honor the underdog man. Like, look at you <laughs> doing the Lord's work here, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when uh you know when when it's a release date uh, came out uh, it, 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 as of right now. Uh, Forbidden West is coming out on for February 18th, and it, it, it looks like it's going to meet that release date. I don't think it's going to get uh, uh, delayed or anything. But uh, you know, I, I started looking at the release calendar, ca- calendar around it, and then in, in my in the back of my head, like joking, oh look, Breath of the Wild 2 is going to release a trailer showing that you know it's going to release the next week or whatever. <laughs> but uh, no, and then you know, thankfully, like oh cool, Elden Ring's coming out like in January. So that's enough time for people to like, you know, play Elden Ring if they're interested, maybe get through at least to the credits and then Forbidden West can have it can have its, you know, time and time to shine. And nope, same thing's happening. Forbidden West is coming out. And then next week, everyone's going to forget about it and talk about Elden Ring. So well, Ugh, we all uh, the forget, shame. Mike. Not us, baby playstation sony ponies here we are baby <laughs> let's be honest i'm gonna play elden ring as well you know i'm gonna play forbidden west as well too you know, we're gonna play them at the same time it's okay we we, we, we were all friends here right we we're all friends yes, yes <laughs> daniel uh one of the best things i feel like for for um horizon zero dawn you know the mechanics are great solid uh the world map is really good too it's it's big without being too big i feel like but um one of the things that kept me coming back to it, even though I was playing this and Breath of the Wild at the same time, I kept coming back to this because of the backstory and the lore and what led up to um, where we were. Because, you know, you start the game off and it's pretty evident that like this is some sort of like post 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 apocalyptic world setting.
1: Like, we're so post-apocalyptic, we went back to, like, st- the Stone Age. Yeah,
0: like, we don't even know what happened back then, right? And and, and I guess my expectation going into it was, like, are we ever going to find out? Does it matter? You know, so, you know, thankfully, we do find out. But um, so what 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 was your expectation on, uh, like, that front? Like, when you saw, like, oh, we're human beings. I've gone back to, like, you know, primitive, uh, you know, hunter-gatherer types, right? Like, did you think that we were going to get this gigantic like sci-fi lore dump at some point
1: i figured we would find out what happened eventually but i wasn't sure like my, my part was i don't know how relevant it will be to the plot i don't know like how much information we'll get but like i said uh, my, my entire understanding of the game got blown open the, f- the first second i started getting shot at with guns
0: <laughs> right yeah Yeah. So it, it's a very interesting um kind of juxtaposition between like the hunter-gatherer types uh you know uh primal humans uh mixed in with like this great technology like you you know the main character like she has this like you know it's called a focus and she has this focus i can see things uh which is is a great way in in a gameplay sense to kind of you know introduce a hud and introduce like mechanics of like oh we can i can mark people that i see well, you know, so it's going to help me with gameplay so you know it's a great blending of both world building and and uh and gameplay which i which i love but um you know i, I think we're kind of skirting around it here because i think we're kind of scared and daunted by it but uh, let's 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 piece let's, let's piece this game out to prior before it begins like for the best to the best of our abilities let's try our best to explain to people out there um how we got here how we got to um the beginning of horizon zero dawn all right Go ahead. So,
1: oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. All right. So, what is it? It takes place. The backstory begins in the. afraid right, I do not have that information from you. Whatever century it is. So it's the
0: twenty-first century, and it's right, about right. like. Okay, let, let's start in the twenty-first century. So around twenty-thirtieth, twenty-thirties, twenty-forties, like climate change has like basically wrecked, or it is, is is doing its rampage across the earth like climate like new 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 zealand is underwater at this point like there's constant tsunamis or throughout the world you know giant brush fires you know horrific storms that are just sweeping um you know uh cities and towns just just underwater and you know just just wrecking them there's there's been a lot of like refugees moving over to you know other countries and uh yes but before we could be before we continue though, like you, you've probably like picked up a lot of lore stuff, right? A lot of like stuff on the side to kind of oh, yeah. pieces it together.
1: Yeah, I have watched full on like hour long lore videos.
0: Oh my gosh, how could you not for a game like this, right? Exactly. It's, it's so dense? So we're gonna try our best to try to piece it together. Um, so yeah, so like climate change has kind of like you know done its damage, and um, you know tensions are high at least politically and, and socioeconomically in the world. And part, you know, we, and just like in our world too, like one of the, um, unfortunate side effects of that is that, uh, military deterrence becomes a important talking piece with political leaders. So one company led by, um, guy whose last name is Faro, F-A-R-O, uh, he is like a robotics genius you know, billionaire robotics genius kind of reminds you of somebody maybe, but, uh, (laughs) he's
1: like a evil Tony Stark.
0: Yeah. Very much evil. Like Tony Stark. But, uh, so, you know, he, he, he starts to develop these, like, uh, these really intense weapons. And we're not talking like guns or bombs. Like these are like autonomous robotic, not just soldiers, but like war machines that are not only run entirely by like, self-learning ai but they're also self-repairing they feed off of biofuel and they and they can self-replicate so that yeah. already isn't a freaking nightmare yeah like,
1: like i just i just had that when i was when I when they when you learned that i'm just like how did he think this wasn't going to end terribly
0: and that's not even like the worst part the worst part is that he also designed their ai to not have like a back door to them 'Cause you know, he because the way that he sells it is like, oh, so now the enemy can't hack them. And that, you know, so you know, you don't you don't ever have to worry about like any of your troops being compromised. Oh, that's a great idea, Pharaoh. Great idea. This will not come back to bite you in the butt at all.
1: <laughs> I know. I was just like I was just like, Sir, have you seen <laughs> movies before?
0: <laughs> Boom, fast forward. Yes, of course the AI's the uh, the AI's self learn and they go rogue. Who to thunk it right? So no one could have known. <laughs> no one could have predicted this. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Everyone could have predicted this. So um, fast forward a little bit. Yeah, the 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 army. Like and, and, oh, and before that, like big nations like the UK and eventually the US. Um, For what I've read and learned, that like like they've completely um, replaced their human armies and militaries with these robots. So it, they're everywhere, essentially they're yeah, on all so, the continents. Yeah. So, um, they start to, they start to rebel against their programming. And, um, Pharaoh invites one of his like protégés who left the company because, you know, she, she didn't sign up to go into weapons manufacturing. Her name is Elizabeth Sobeck. Now, uh, you know, if, if you haven't played this game before you look up this character, she looks very familiar. She looks exactly like, leads the lead character aloy there's a reason for that so you know he 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 calls her in and he's like yo need your help so like i i messed up this this was a bad idea you can you can you can tell me i told you so all you want but like yo i need help like i i don't know how to solve this issue i don't know how to fix this and you know like
1: yo i i started a robot apocalypse
0: (laughs) a robot apocalypse yeah exactly uh so you know uh elizabeth you know her and her team they do the math. They come back, and we find out too, along with the main character Aloy, that uh, at, at the time that they found this out, humanity had 15 months to live. There is no stopping this, and the time it would take to create like um, a virus or something that could like override their um, their programming, it would take years, decades. So there is absolutely no way we can stop these machines who have basically are, are are starting the process of like sucking up all of the biofuel on earth which also includes humans um yeah. uh, and there's uh, extinction is inevitable and we have 15 months so what, yeah. what what's the solution to that daniel
1: cuz the solution is project zero dawn
0: uh, yeah great way to uh reveal the purpose of the titles folks so what is zero dawn
1: For what? all right I'm probably overly simplifying and help me if I forget anything, but sure. zero is basically a game plan of since we can't save humanity from being wiped out because the plants can be on unhappable. We're just going to basically make a super AI to basically take care of the planet when they inevitably are able to hack the code. Like I said, it will take years, right? So it should have a program running that will eventually be able to break this programming or the machine mm-hmm. will just die from lack of fuel at this point. <laughs> right. and this program Gaia can basically bring life back to earth
0: mm-hmm. yeah so that that you're right that that's the oversimplified version of it of course uh, yeah so Gaia also has like these um, subsystems in, in place you know and, and each of them have a job to do and they're gonna and while humanity is extinct um, you know, they do have, like, cradles with, like, human DNA, like, stored just uh, for, for the future, for um, when the Earth is habitable again. But uh, these subsystems are were created to kind of each have a job, and they all report to Gaia. And Gaia is not only a super intelligent AI, but Elizabeth Sobeck also programmed her to learn emotions and to have empathy and to... And to learn and feel like a human does and that was part of her design for her to care about what she was doing and to give her a sense of purpose you know that that was like you know she basically gave her a sense of humanity so that she she has had like a has a better sense of ownership when it comes to doing this job correctly so each of the subsystems are designed to you know um re reignite Like uh, flora and fauna, you know, uh, clean the ocean, clean the sky. Um, There's one called Apollo, which I believe was meant to catalog all of humanity's information to pass down to the next generation of humans so that they don't repeat the mistakes of, you know, um, the idiots who created this mess in the first place. Yes. (laughs) But uh, and then there's a and then there's one um, called Hades. Now, Hades was a subsystem that, you know, just in case any of the other subsystems or Gaia herself was compromised, Hades would reenact uh, an extinction event to create the, to start the process over again, right? It, it's, it's not as, like, when it was done right, like, it, it was just meant to be a failsafe, so... Um,
1: yeah. I believe that was uh, Pharaoh was the one that came up with the idea of putting Hades in, because he was like... Uh, make sure there's a failsafe.
0: Yeah, don't make my mistake. Yeah, there's this great like holographic, um, you know, cutscene that you see that you know where they're having their conversation. And you're right, yeah. It was, to his credit, like it was his idea to create a failsafe so we don't have this. You know, what what if what if the unthinkable happened and Gaia did? You know, rebel against her programming, right? So that would be even worse. You know, we will lose everything. But uh, yeah, so that that was Hades's job, and uh. From what we kind of garner, like, you know, things are going pretty well. Uh, I mean, not, uh, not well. As (laughs) well
1: as expected in an apocalypse.
0: (laughs) Correct. Yeah. So, uh, so the military, the world militaries have like kind of uh, enacted together to um, buy time for, for all of the, the alphas, as they call them, like the, the, the world's leading like robotics and AI and scientists and smart people who like, you know, we don't need to go down to like, you know, the deep, deep lore, but like the way that the, the way that they job interviewed them, you know, I'm sure you've read all of those things and read and heard yeah. those journals. Oh my God, it's horrific.
1: That was terrifying to yeah. read. I'm like, oh.
0: But, you know, it's one of those things like it has to be done. This is life or death. Like we need the best of the best. And if you're not willing to do it, like, yo, move on. To, yeah. But anyway. So. Yeah.
1: And just, and uh, not to mention like how they, the whole way that they decide they're going to hold them off is a get as many people on earth as possible to fight by basically mm-hmm. lying to the public saying, well we're we'll have to fight them off until these until sobe and her people can like can find a way to destroy them like not telling the public that's like oh no there's no we're all it's an yeah. extinction event
0: <laughs> yeah a uh, project enduring freedom was the lie that was told to the public yeah like you said it was it was it was sold as a way to give the scientists time to stop the robots. But no, it, it was, it was meant it, the the real, um, uh, the, the real purpose of enduring freedom was to buy as much time for the scientists as possible to enact zero dawn. It, extinction was inevitable and there's no, there's no stopping it. But like, you know, you know, and you know, keep in mind, this came out in 2017, living in the past two years in the real world. I'm like, there's no way this would ever, Happen? There's no way that like humanity would come together and like you know save one another. Like Fox News has to profit from this somehow, right? Well, <laughs> oh, that is that uh, we are that cynical,
1: but you know it's not wrong.
0: <laughs> it's not wrong, baby. Anyway, I, I can't, you know, I, I I I yearn for a hopeful game like you know Horizon Zero Dawn. But uh, <laughs> so we're not done yet. Like there's still more to go. Okay, so Zero Dawn is enacted for the most part. And, um, you know, Gaia and her subsystems are kind of doing their thing. And please correct me, you know, if I'm missing anything, but something happens, and I I think it's just a glitch. there might be something else going on, but Hades um, breaks free of its programming and releases all of Gaia's subsystems from under her control. And Gaia, as her failsafe, because remember, she has emotions now. She, she's like she's 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 a super advanced learning AI. She enacts a failsafe of her own. And what is that, Daniel?
1: Uh that failsafe is, I believe, we're say, is our main character.
0: That's correct, yeah. So she creates a, a basically a, a clone, a perfect clone of Dr. Sobic, and uh that eventually became Aloy. And the whole purpose of that. Is that um, you know now that Gaia has lost control of her subsistence and you know Hades is on the loose? Who has the power to create ex- extinct, a controlled extinction event? Um, Doctor Sobik is the only one that Gaia trusts in order to do in order to create the, the the override to override Hades and all of the functions so that you know we can actually proceed with the Zero Dawn program. So, excuse me. Uh, Now that the subsystems are free from Gaia, I believe that's the reason why we have like hostile machines. Because I think it's Hephaestus who is creating like the terraforming robots. You know, Hephaestus realized that like, oh, the primitive humans are hunting my robots. So I need to create like, you know, robots to protect you know i I need to create like hostile robots to protect my robots so i think that's the reason why we have like dinosaurs and you know things like that yeah
1: that's why we have like yeah giant t-rex
0: yeah (laughs) which is so dope dude like from a gameplay perspective like taking one of those down for the first time
1: oh oh, that was so satisfying (laughs) so
0: good did you just like see one out in the out, out in the wild and just like just try I, to take it down yourself I, or what? I did
1: see one, but it was so far away and I was like a low level, I was just, like, no. Ooh,
0: when did you so I, when did you actually try?
1: I, I think the first time I fought him was actually in the the main near the end of the game in the main mission when the when you got forces you to fight one.
0: The the corrupted one at the end at Mother's yeah. Cradle? Oh cool. Yeah. That's such a good fight, man. Oh, this, this whole I, game is, like, full of great battles.
1: Oh, yeah. If I remember the first time, I was in the... It was when you're first getting into the canyon area, and mm-hmm. I was walking, and I just saw on the other side of the canyon, I was like, is that a T-Rex? <laughs> and I guess I wasn't close enough for it to pop up, like, that I discovered a new machine. I just wasn't close enough, and I'm like... I'm sure I'll come across that later.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It, and, it, and it is like, it's a considerable distance away when you first see it too. Cause like the game is smart enough to like opens up this Canyon. You see this beautiful landscape and then you see this like kind of T robot T-Rex just kind of stomping its stomping its way. And then like, oh, and you know, of course, you know, and you're right too. Like at that point in the story, like you're around like level 10, level 15 or something, you're nowhere near like, you know, strong enough to fight that thing. You know, if you're smart, you probably could beat it, but you know, realistically, you're not. But uh, but uh, yeah, it's far enough to wait, where it's like, okay, well, you know, I I think I could at least maybe do a hard save and like give it a try, and you get close to it. This thing is gigantic, man. It's like the size, it's like half the size of a mountain. It is intimidating, and it and it makes like these great like this kudos to the sound design team because like the sounds it makes are just like. Like cr- not cringe-inducing, but like they, they leave like shivers down your spine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you meet a new machine, it's just like they you're all inspired and terrified at the same time.
0: Oh yeah, great, great like designs to them. Great, and the sound design does does such a you know a, a great way to intimidate them to you. But um, yeah. So where are we now in in the lore building? So that's about. It. i think that's all the catching up we need to do
1: yeah that that's a good overview so we don't go into like too far into the weeds yeah
0: we could spend literally like 90 minutes just recounting the events leading up to the beginning of the game but speaking of the beginning of the game you know we you know we're starting it off now you know there's a little baby aloy like she was you know she was born of mysterious uh circumstances uh you know she's she was born into the nora tribe which is like a very matriarchal society uh, which is very interesting too i i love the way that they uh portray that in the game you know our real world has been very patriarchal historically speaking uh but you know you you see this tribe of hunter gatherers who worship their all mother which you've learned later is just like a a, a a very feminine voice in the mountain which is which is an ai that's like you know it, it's that's from the old world so because of that because they don't know what it is like they developed uh a respect uh for femininity and for uh for matriarchs so it's very cool like the way that like they really wrote that into the story and there's a reason for everything
1: yeah it's really good like i i was trying to figure out because you know most of these cultures are, are at least somewhat based on other cultures i was like got very heavy like uh native american vibes from the and so I thought that was really refreshing because my knowledge, a lot of Native Americans were very matriarchal. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and you, of course, too, as somebody who exists in the modern day, you play this game and you see people from the Nora tribe and then you see them like, oh, that person is, you know, looks of Latino descent. That person looks of Asian descent. That person looks of like English descent. And, you know, you see Aloy like right red you know curly hair like oh that person's obviously of scottish descent right so it, it's cool yeah. to have like this you know, multicultural tribe where you know that's not something that you normally see when it when you, you when you look in like you know you know world history or things like that you know it, everyone looks the same for you know for essentially you know because that's yeah, the way that's, that's history
1: that's how you associate like that's how you know that they're your people they look like you
0: yeah exactly so you know so it's really cool how they kind of twisted that into into uh you know into the lore of what it is but you know you find out later that like oh these are people that were just born of the cradles that they that they created for humanity for when they were ready to you know start repopulating the earth so it's so cool dude it's so cool
1: yeah definitely i think it says like they have no detail is spared.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, so as far as like the main story goes, you know, the, the, for me, at least I, I found the overall lore and backstory a lot more interesting than, you know, you know, things of like, you know, the tribe politics and like the warring factions and like the shadow Karja versus the Karja and stuff like that. Cause when you find, when, when you kind of know like the overarching themes and what's going on in the game, uh, for me at least, I, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but, but like it, it always, it almost feels like this stuff is like not as important.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how like I was, like I was just like, you know, you have all these people like these tribal politics, and like you said, the cars versus the shadow cards. I'm just like, guys, world ending robot threat, <laughs> like that takes precedent.
0: Yeah, and I think, I wonder if that was on purpose too, because you know, it's some, cause something that Aloy herself talks about when she you know leaves mother's cradle for the first or af- you know after she has the uh the whatever the key the override you know when she realizes that you know she goes into th- find what she thinks is going to be her mother and you know she leaves realizing that she was just the means of the me. she realizes that she's just the means to an end right and that she's a clone of this woman from centuries ago that she's never met, that she's never going to meet. And she's just kind of had the weight of the world just thrust upon her. And then, you know, she and then she leaves that area and then the, her entire tribe's like, Oh, I'll all praise you know, all mother and like, oh and, and she understandably like you know lashes out at them
1: yeah and i i love that where it's just like they know they start like falling out like bowing to her and she's like and she's pulling them up like no 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 no
0: (laughs) yeah understandably frustrated like you know again like how do you react how does one react to realizing that like you're basically the savior of humanity and none of these people will understand you
1: yeah and and especially for her fact these are the people that have like just never spoken to her and treat her like crap her entire life she's an outcast and now suddenly it's like oh now you're revered you're our savior and like i could be like she could just violently be kind of like well screw you
0: yeah you know thankfully she has a lot more grace than a lot of people you know i don't know if i if i would react that way i, I can tell you that for sure but uh you know yeah so you know eventually uh you know there, there's other things in the main story where it's just like you know we you know we also meet Erin and things like that you know you you, we get to hit we we get to his story with his sister and you know things like that but i i think like i mentioned like when it comes to like the overall plot and the overall story like that stuff is not like super important i wouldn't say
1: it's it's window dressing and world building but
0: yeah yeah but uh, you know at this point too especially when you start to learn more about the world it's like "Mm, okay well this is interesting enough right <laughs> to keep me to keep me along uh, these stories are kind of like just stopgaps to aloy getting to where she needs to be right yeah but um you know are there any you know like, favorite story bits or even like side quests at all uh from horizon that uh, like stood out to you
1: yeah they're definitely where i i said i think all the stuff with Aaron is very fun Aaron is a very fun character i mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoy him uh not necessarily side stuff, because mostly he's involved in mostly the main stuff, but anything involving silence is going to be very entertaining and fun.
0: Yeah, let's talk about silence a little bit. How would How would you describe the silence character?
1: verily D- morally dubious.
0: <laughs> I thought he was an AI at first because, you know, he, he only talks to you through the focus and then, you know, he reveals himself like through the hollow lens of the focus. So I just thought the suit was like a an AI and I was like, I didn't know this was a real person did you get yeah, that I vibe would, at all
1: yeah like until we actually saw him in a hologram form, i'm like okay maybe this is actually a dude because i don't okay. know why the ai would choose to look like this
0: You're right but yeah, yeah that, when he, ai but, is making a very distinct choice to like have like tubes come out of his head and stuff
1: <laughs> yeah but so but until you actually see him i was kind of like is this like some good ai is this like the counterpart to the bad ai we're fighting
0: yeah i was convinced so, like this is like Hades or something in disguise? Like, I don't know. so Something trying to manipulate me. I didn't trust that dude at all.
1: That is very fair. He did. After playing the game, I'm still not sure how much you should trust him. <laughs> right.
0: And also, he has the voice of Lance Reddick, so like, it's a very... Yeah, I you know I think I think they made the choice to go with that actor because he's got a very like dubious voice anyway. You know, yes,
1: it, uh, <laughs> his voice fits playing bad guys. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> but yes, yeah, Silence is a. Um, I guess you would probably describe him as like a, a an explorer, I suppose, and yeah, he came across you know bits and pieces of knowledge from the old world you know, from the time of like Elizabeth Sobeck and beyond. And, you know, he was trying to learn of, you know, the world's past uh, and things like that. And he came across, uh, it was either information about Hades or Hades himself. I believe
1: he came across Hades like trapped.
0: Yeah. So like Hades, you know, when Gaia enacted some of the fail-safes and things like that, Hades went into hiding um, the, the AI, I mean, and like, yeah, I think you're right, silence kind of like came across him. And through silence's like manipulation, you also learn that he kind of started the civil war between like the uh, the Karja and the Shadow Karja, and like which also led to like the overthrowing of the Sun King. Yeah, so
1: also he could like get the Shadow Karja to do Hades dirty work.
0: Yeah. So I'm Hades wondering like how long trapped. has he known about like about Aloy, because like this was all to like get him to meet Aloy to an extent, right? Because like Aloy has the face of uh, Elizabeth Sobek, someone that he's seen through his like travels and his uh, and his studies.
1: Yeah, I don't think we ever really know like how, like what, that's the thing with Silence, you don't really know his game plan is just to further his own ambitions and yeah knowledge like, so he's very hard to pin down
0: yeah you know he's he, morally ambiguous is a great way that you put him too because like you know he, he he is basically on this quest for knowledge but he's also super i guess nihilistic where he just doesn't like care who he has to go through or what he has to do to get that knowledge you know yeah
1: just like he it's like the goal, end goal is knowledge. Anything that happens there, that's just collateral
0: damage. Correct. Yeah. You know, you know of course, you see the ending. The, the last thing that you see is like the Hades AI escaping the pod thing that it was in. And now it's in a, a lantern or something that <laughs> yeah, silence little- is walking around with.
1: And he's just like, oh, hello, friend. We have so much to discuss. And I'm yep. like, oh, that can That can only go well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's definitely going to play into uh, Forbidden West, I'm sure. Because, you know, in some of the trailers we see, like, you know, the corruption is kind of spreading, not just the machines, but, like, it's like, there's, like, storms of this corruption that's, you know, uh, that, you know, it, it, in the gameplay, like, you go to fight, like, robots and they're, like, extra strong because of this corruption. And, uh, you know, the corruption is part of, like, the, the, the machines or whatever. They can, like... Hack other machines or whatever. Don't worry about it. It's not that super important. But the uh, yes, what do you think of Silence as like a as a foil as a, as a villain?
1: I think he'll if they're going the route of making Silence like full on villain. And for Ben West, I think that he could he's going to do that very very well.
0: Yeah, I mean they've got the they got the good actor for it. So yeah, I mean he's he's definitely going to play it very well. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not 100% convinced that they're going to go down that route, though. I wonder if he's if he's the whole point of his character is to be kind of like swept up in his hubris and and, uh, you know, realize the error of his ways. And then ultimately at the end, like do the right thing, you know, I wonder. Yeah,
1: I, I could definitely see that. That's the main thing. I don't really know how much him and Hades are going to factor in to Forbidden West because I'm trying to keep like anything outside just watching the trailers at bay. So I don't really know anything going into it. So I'm very curious how they're going to factor in with the overall story. Yeah. Forbidden West.
0: Yeah. Like you, I'm trying to keep my knowledge of the, of the next game, like as bare minimum as possible. Like I've watched a couple of the trailers, like, you know, at like the E3 event and like the state of play. And then I, and then I read an interview about like the future AI about like how the not not the AI in the game, like the, the, the gameplay AI, how like people are not just going to be standing around waiting to give, waiting for you to talk to them so that they can give you a mission. Like they're actually yes. going to have like a routine and stuff.
1: Yeah, I real, which I'm really excited to see that in action. That should be fun.
0: Yeah. So you know what, uh, you know, while we're talking about like you know story bits and you know the side quests and stuff like that, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the side quest. That's and I think that's something that Forbidden West can definitely benefit from. Man, those side quests are boring.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I found that's why I, I just started like shotgunning through the main story, because it got to a point where it's like, well this is the same kind of the same side quest over and over, just slightly changed.
0: Yeah, there's there's a few ones that are like worth doing, like all the cauldrons are oh. worth doing because the rewards for doing them are are very beneficial. Like you, yes. you eventually you'll get to hack any of the machines um other than that like i guess doing like the the what are those they're not called provings like they're like the hunting
1: grounds hunting grounds thank you i did one of them and i was just like nope i'm not interested in this at all
0: yeah they're they're not fun but you get some pretty good equipment (laughs) so i guess that that one's worth doing they're not super hard there's some trial and error to it but uh they're not super duper hard so i guess they do that next yeah
1: there, there, are a, there's a couple of side quests where I thought the stories were interesting enough to justify them.
0: Yeah, but for me, like I don't, you know, I, granted I didn't do any side quests when I played it a couple weeks ago. But even you know, thinking back to the game that I 100 percent did, I got the platinum trophy on. I, other than doing the bandit camps where you meet that dude, I mean,
1: that the assassin dude. dude,
0: yeah, the, that <laughs> weird assassin dude with the eye tattoos, like. I don't remember any of them, and I don't even know that dude's name.
1: (laughs) I I don't know the guy's name either. I, when you're thinking, I can only think of one side quest. Yeah, what's that? that? Stuck out. It's the one, and (laughs) I don't know any of the characters' names, (laughs) where it's like the the idea is that this person is like, well, uh, my family, like land or whatever, has been overrun by corrupted machines. You have to go. I say, you have to go find my my sister's missing. I think she might still be there. Go get her, and I'll reward you. I'm like, okay. So you fight through the craft machines, get her, and you find out that the brother set you up to, to make sure that she's dead, and then tries to kill you, and then you kill him, and you fight him. The only thing I've heard oh, up me yeah, yeah. you you I've fight a lot of the birds. <laughs>
0: oh, those birds are... I, I maybe I'm not maybe I'm not great at the game, but like those birds are really hard to kill. <laughs>
1: they, they are the most annoying thing to kill. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, dude, like uh, I I really hope that Forbidden West like has better side quests. And you know, a lot of the side quests, the ones that you just kind of find in the world, where just there's like somebody out in the field or something, it's like, oh, help! I need you. Like, oh, can you find my spear? Like, you know, it's like I, I wish there's less of that and more side quests that build upon like the world building and the lore or even help you to like get to know another main character a little bit better like those are the those are the side quests like i want the most
1: yeah like i prefer something like uh say the next game you have something for errand or you know a new companion you bring up have the quests be related to them and like their stories and like the world as it relates to them
0: yeah, I prefer
1: it, stuff like that way more than just help. Let like, here help random person get get X.
0: Yeah, I, I think those are inevitable. Like I I think every open world game has to have those. It's like oh, can you help me find my kitty? It's in the tree. You know? Yeah, you
1: got yeah you got to your fetch quest. that's yeah, totally that's it, totally it, it, fine. But it, there are a lot of them in Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn. It
0: seems like that's all there is to it. I think there are some quests with um um varl's mother I, I forget her name but she's a she's a queen dad damn it but uh <laughs> but the, i think you do some stuff for her and like you she kind of like warms to you a little bit i think um so that was cool but also i don't remember what you did you probably just kill robots i don't know
1: <laughs> that, that that's a good guess
0: yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so that's def- definitely room for improvement there um you know i i mentioned this and on the you know a previous episode but uh it's I, I think the voice acting has some room for improvement. You know, not 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 with like Aloy or anything, but like the no. the, the extended cast. You know, I think they yeah. could sound sound a little bit less stilted, and you know, you know, maybe take some inspiration from some of the better voice actors in the crowd, and you know, you know, say your lines with a little bit of gusto. You know,
1: <laughs> you don't want another. Yeah. I see another interaction between Aloy with, with fantastic voice acting and Olin's like. No, just, don't
0: like, please. I was set up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, it's like four a.m. in the morning, like re- reading his lines <laughs> for the first time, from a microphone,
0: literally phoned it in. Like, are we gonna clean up this audio? Like, nah, that's fine, man. You're like, nah, it's fine. No
1: one's We gotta gonna get out,
0: but we we gotta get out before Breath of the Wild does, man, or else no one's gonna talk about us. <laughs> but uh yeah i i think it's safe to say that like the guerrilla games will have you know t- take a look at those criti- uh constructive criticisms and made a better game about it because you know they even said it in a, in a in an interview that like oh yeah our npcs are not going to be standing around anymore they're going to at least look like they're doing something so i hope that at least extends to better production value overall which is i think a safe assumption
1: yeah i said, it's very it's yeah i hope so and like that i horizon could totally be a game series if they really nail it on this one it could be like a an actual big franchise where we see continual sequels
0: yeah and i'm i'm excited to see a sequel about this because you know like you know we mentioned at the beginning of this discussion that like you know because of the time it came out and the fact that like you know overall public perception no one really talked about this game i was Wondering if if this ever would get a sequel, and you know, it looked like they it looked like Sony spent a lot of money on it. It looked like gorilla work, worked really hard on it, but uh, so I was excited to know that uh, we actually were going to get it. And from all that I'm seeing so far, like they're going to expand on gameplay, they're going to expand on traversal, like they're going to expand on like the map design. Because oh my gosh, just the few snippets that we've seen, like the 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 world just looks so much more vibrant and beautiful and you know not that the in you know, the world of horizons that zero dawn didn't is so colorful and full of life you know even though it's full of terraforming robots it's like it, it's still it makes you really feel like you're a part of this world and you're going on this grand adventure and i just can't wait to you know feel that some more
1: yeah like i said that that's what. that's exactly why. I, I my first thought too is like just like you said so vibrant that's what really pulled me in like like i'll, I'll be honest like the reason i played horizon zero dawn was right with you know, we got a ps5 and horizon forbidden west looks so pretty i was like well i should probably play the first game first so i have like, any idea what's going on
0: yeah can you imagine going into forbidden west and then like talk someone who hasn't played zero dawn and like they're talking about all this like f- the, the pharaoh plague and elizabeth sobeck and you know the and you know when the world ended in the year 3000 like what? What is going on? I just wanted to. I just wanted to play a game where you shoot a robot in the face. You know, was like,
1: I just wanted to fight robot velociraptors. What are you <laughs> exactly. talking
0: about? Yeah, so it's a great idea that you actually you know picked up on this on this game first. But uh, yeah, any any other aspects uh, for this original game that you think the the, the sequel can improve on?
1: Hmm. Let's see, I. I think we cover most of it uh, like I said maybe like I said just maybe less is more when it comes to side quests
0: yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> flesh them out as we said I'm like I, I think we pretty much cover everything they can improve on because mechanics wise the game works perfectly fine oh I have one I have one that my fiance would I see I remember that she brought up. She's she, like, "Can we?" She said, like, "Can they fix her arms in the running animation?" Like, oh yeah, say, she, was,
0: she is a little stiff. Huh? She doesn't bend her elbows a lot.
1: <laughs> at the, at my says, "Just like she goes, why does she flail her arms out to the <laughs> side while she's running? No <laughs> human does that." This you know like, what I like, think? What,
0: it, you know what I think? It actually is. It's because of her uh, outfits. Her outfits can be so um, elaborate and just kind of poof out a little bit because, of, like, how much adornments are on there. I think to be safe they just had the mo- the mocap actor just like have their arms just like rah, 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 just like out so it doesn't clip through anything.
1: That, that actually makes total sense, but this was like living with someone that's taken animation classes in oh, okay. <laughs> Just being like, because you know, they tell you that you're supposed to make everything based on actual human movements because I've never seen an actual human <laughs> run like that. Oh my I'm gosh. Like, okay, that's fair.
0: Now that you say that, like I can't unsee it now. Now I'm going to look at a Forbidden West trailer right after we're done with this episode and I'm going to see if they fix that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah good yeah, I, I
1: think that's pretty much everything in that in that regard
0: yeah and you know if we're if we're gonna nitpick too you know some of the traversal at least with the climbing uh you know now that we've you know we live in a post breath of the wild world like i think the climbing could be a little less stiff there were a lot of moments where you know even though the trail is clearly marked where you can and can't climb i i I do feel like there's a lot of like stopping because the game was like oh you you you, you you moved the analog stick to 10 o'clock when I wanted you to move it to 11 o'clock.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know that a lot where you're just kind of hanging there. It's like, all right, let's just rotate the analog stick until I hit the exact right point. It's like, ah, there we go. Now we're yeah. moving.
0: It, that, that breaking up of the flow, I think, will really stick out to people, especially with, like, you know, it, it maybe story intense moments where, 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 where there's a sense of urgency. I got to get up this mountain. I got to, you know, go do a thing, but you know, yeah, the-
1: or like when you're like being shot at with like explosions. Oh my God.
0: So. Thank you. Yeah. There are so many like, that. You know,
1: that if, yeah, I think we're talking about like that, specifically that mission. Yeah. For your, after you blow up the tower and you're having to run for your life. And you're just like getting pelted with arrows and bullets. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's like, please don't let me just hang here.
0: Yeah, it's not, and it it would be just fine if you just had to like run to the escape route. But no, the game has to, you know, because the the game is about traversal. The game has to make you like hang on a ledge and like go do a thing, go jump to the other part of the ledge, and like if you're gonna make me do that, then flow better, dude. Don't make me stop because the camera was like, oh, it's actually nine thirty, not nine forty five. Thank you very much. You know, so it's like, come on, dude. So yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, and like I said, you know, I, I I think they're. I'm pretty confident, like they'll fix those little nitpicks.
1: Yeah, I mean, besides, like this, this game's like five, Horizon Zero Dawn is like five years old at this point. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Like, I mean, that's that's easy stuff to fix five yeah. years out.
0: And and you have to know that they that they they have to be aware of those kind of issues as well.
1: Yeah, like I said, we live in a post uh, Breath of the Wild world. So. Yeah it we should be able? I should be able to climb on anything at all times.
0: Mm-hmm. And no more fall damage now that Aloy has this uh this uh, mechanical glider now.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I like that. As just a collective, we in the gaming community decided that
0: we just want to eliminate <laughs> fall damage as a thing. <laughs> it's stupid. It's so stupid. You know, we, we 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 go to video games to escape fantasies. You know, I'm I'm 35 years old and like I jumped like this is li- this literally happened last night like i jumped off or i jumped down four steps i was dropping off my daughter and like i went down to my car and then i jumped down the four steps that li- that lead to the parking lot i hurt my knees bro you know how much fall damage i took there i don't want to i don't want fall damage in my games i i, I go to games to escape reality bro Exactly. <laughs> i don't want to be reminded of my old man knees <laughs>
1: <laughs> or in my case my old man ankles <laughs> oh see exactly bro it's just, so, it's just so many times at work it's like alright I will just hop off the step stool it's like ah oh, oh, there. there's my ankle
0: no nah, I need a sick day ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so uh, you know we'll, we'll, we'll close out here Daniel you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Forbidden West and like what your hopes and dreams are for that game but the, you know before that like for Horizon Zero Dawn what about the game uh, stands out the most for you?
1: I'd say definitely, like just the world and like the the combat mechanics.
0: Yeah, definitely. That the way that they marry each other too. Like the combat is definitely a uh, uh, is it, definitely a huge compliment to Aloy herself, who you know is 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 a product of the environment that she grew up in. And you yourself as the player, you feel powerful when you're pulling off these like incredible feats of bravery and athleticism again, you know, old man knees, right? (laughs) So I want to be able to like slide under a gigantic robotic, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex and like shoot the, shoot the laser gun off of it's like, you know, hind legs so that I can pick it up and then blast its face off with its own gun. You know, it's, you feel so empowered and you feel empowered because Aloy herself is such an empowered character. And like, I think she's like an instant video game classic.
1: Oh yeah. That was my thing is I appreciate that that you can't hack and slash your way through this game.
0: Yeah. And you, and yeah. And as empowered as you feel, if you get hit, you're going to feel it. Right. And, and, And
1: keep your, keep your health, health potions and herbs stocked up for every encounter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so the game definitely encourages you to be smart and, you know, and being smart is a, huge part of the lore you know she is the cl- she is a clone of a brilliant robotics uh r- robotics engineer and like ai expert you know and, and so it makes sense that like aloy herself is very intuitive and curious and and uh and brilliant in her own mind and is able to problem solve and you know and because she grew up in the harsh wilds like she is also super athletic and strong and and and, 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 and you know capable of doing all these incredible feats so you know, it, 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 it's easy to kind of, you know, excuse away, you know, different pr- protagonists like, oh, it's just a video game. that That's why they're like that. But, you know, just like we mentioned, like before, like every single thing in Horizon Zero Dawn was thought of and like has it has an ex- has an explanation for like,
1: yeah, like it's very different than I, I'll even kind of see a harp on one of my favorite games, Far Cry 3, where it's like. Ah oh, yes, yeah, so it still makes sense that this millionaire playboy, <laughs> rich kid, just suddenly knows how to be a survival expert because <laughs> the game demands it. Yeah,
0: he watched a lot of Survivor Man when he was when, yeah. when he was back home in his rich mansion.
1: Yes, it's like I've gone from traumatized rich kid to jungle man <laughs> as a uh, stealth assassin in the matter of well, probably a few days.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, there's so many games, like you mentioned, like there, we, there, there's just those conceits that we have to kind of excuse away because we're playing a video game. And you know, every, not every game needs to have a deep, rich lore like Horizon Zero Dawn does, but because Horizon Zero Dawn does have a deep, rich lore, like I said, everything was explained, even the incredible you know, feats of athleticism that your main character is capable of. And yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with Aloy for the next game. I can't wait to see where the story goes. Like, you know, you know, on that being said, do you have any bold predictions for Horizon Zero uh, Forbidden West?
1: Mm, Bold predictions. I had not thought of this prior. Mm. Uh, How about you go ahead and I'll be thinking of something. All
0: right. I think that the Hades AI somehow corrupts Aloy. I don't know how, but I think I think we want I, I think the story is going to somehow like Aloy is going to come into contact with the Hades AI and it's not going to be pretty. And you the player are going to have to be like have your heart like ripped out somehow. I'm not saying that she's anything like bad bad is gonna happen to her but i think that like the ai is gonna somehow like corrupt her mind i don't know that might be too easy of a of a prediction i don't know i'm not a smart guy i'm not a writer (laughs) i'm not i'm not a storyteller in that way but uh i don't know that that's what i'm gonna say
1: that that is a fair point all right i'll go with a bold prediction i I think Aloy might not survive this game she may oh. have to make a heroic sacrifice at the end and we will and we will be crying like little babies
0: you mean a heroic sacrifice like elizabeth sobet did to save yeah. the alphas at the yeah, end of her like, life
1: and it like it makes sense right like, oh
0: my gosh poetic it, justice dude it would be very
1: poetic <laughs> and, I, and i would be so so sad if that is what happens
0: oh do you think if if that were to happen do you think this would be the last game in the series
1: I don't know. That that could be interesting. I see. It would definitely make it interesting if they decided to continue with this world with a new character. But mm. it'd be hard to it'd be hard to fill those shoes.
0: Yeah, you know it's hard to say too because you know Guerrilla worked so hard on this game, and they worked, I'm sure, just as hard on Forbidden West, and they built a whole new engine on the Decima engine. They built that for this uh, for For Zero Dawn. Um, and, and like actually Hideo Kojima like licensed it out when he made a, a Death Stranding, actually. So Death Stranding, Zero Dawn and Forbidden West are all going to be using the Decima engine that Guerrilla Games built. But yeah, you know, so my point is that, like, you know, they built this big, expensive, beautiful engine. Like, I can't imagine they don't want to use it again after Forbidden West. So I, I wonder, do, do they go to a new franchise? Like, you know, is two are two games enough for this one like if the story is told then the story is told right i don't want to yeah force a writer or an artist to you know do something just for the sake of doing it
1: yeah exactly i believe that uh, stories should take however long they take so. but yeah so it'll be interesting that it's a lot lots that could happen mm. thing of what happens in this game
0: yeah either way man i'm excited and 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 so surprised just like you were how great zero dawn ended up being
1: that's it. yes exactly like a, a hidden gem one might say
0: yeah absolutely do you have any final thoughts before we round out the end of the episode
1: I think we have covered this game quite thoroughly
0: yeah we. and and, and you know what it didn't it's it's not like after midnight so I think we did a good job <laughs>
1: okay. hooray I, I get more than three hours of sleep
0: actually do you want to spend an hour like talking about like Pharaoh and the Pharaoh plague and like you know his motivation and things like that <laughs> No, we we can say that for another episode. I don't know. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll get brought up when we do the deep dive on uh, for, uh Forbidden West, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right, Daniel. For the r- rounding at the end of the episode, what you got there, my friend?
1: Let's see. Well, my I have uh, surprisingly enough another podcast to talk about. How dare you? <laughs> i knew i was waiting
0: what's the other (laughs) podcast my friend
1: it's okay mike i'm sure it's one that's much more listener based than ours
0: (laughs) is it the skinny with mike and adam
1: (laughs) and no uh no i recommend that everybody listen to because i started listening to this podcast red web
0: red web okay what's this about
1: Uh, okay basically it is a kind of a true crime style podcast where every episode is about a different conspiracy theory
0: is this like a scripted one
1: uh no definitely not a scripted one it's it's more like just these two guys come sit down and one of them brings like hey what you ever heard about this weird thing that happened and oh the two just, interesting like uh like they do one on like the founder of bitcoin i see which is really interesting they you know they do the basic ones like like the zodiac Killer, they do one for that. They did one on Mothman. I just listened to that one. Oh, today. Mothman.
0: Cool. <laughs> it's,
1: yeah. It's like they do like a lot of weird internet stuff. Like uh the first episode. Like I would just recommend check out the first episode I as it called uh crap, I forgot the name of it. But it's the whatever, it's the episode one. As they, you scroll back to the beginning, it's like, okay the first one. It's a really cool and really weird it's just really good. Uh, It's part of the Rooster Teeth podcast network because they have like you know that company has like fifty million podcasts they produce. Right. Yeah. But this is probably definitely one of the ones I found most interesting because I like weird conspiracy things. Oh,
0: interesting. So is is this also a video podcast, or do people just have to check this out on their favorite podcasting app?
1: I think you check this out on your favorite podcast app. I do not believe that it is video.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I'm seeing, introducing Red Web, so the Lake City Quiet Pills is the first yes, episode I'm that, seeing.
1: that, I if, think if you're into this, that will get you hooked.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. One person's Reddit post honoring their deceased friend triggers a series of ev- a series of events, including espionage, hacking, and military conspiracy. Today, we unpack Red Web's first mystery of Lake City Quiet Pills. Whoa, that's interesting. So they, so they kind of like, just kind of go through it, or... They chat yeah. through it. Did they tell the whole story for the most part? Yeah.
1: Like pretty much as it is, it's like the producer and one host come up with what they're going to talk about. They do like the outline, they go through the whole story and then they end with the theories and which kind of, they have the other host. The other host is basically an audience surrogate to ask questions as they go along.
0: And oh, okay, cool. Are, are you big fair. on like, are you big on like a, uh, like those uh, murder mystery documentary shows?
1: sometimes it's like yeah. depending how well oh, they're true done. crime is what i'm trying to say yeah i i've listened to some of them as like you know i i've listened to serials
0: yeah okay cool well this sounds like this sounds, this sounds very interesting let me see some of these topics let's see we got uh satoshi nakamoto D, oh db cooper nice they do a whole <laughs> episode on that which, which we find out in the Loki show was actually just Loki the whole, whole time. <laughs> it was
1: just Loki the whole time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool, dude. Yeah, I'm going to check this out. This seems very interesting. Oh, the Montauk project. Oh, nice. Said, yes, Circus so of could I, could I be... talked about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this is a lot more entertaining, though.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. A, it, do they have an episode on Electric Moose?
0: <laughs> Got him. <'em. laughs> cool, dude. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a really good pick.
1: Say, yeah, I've, I I listened to a couple episodes way back in the day, and I'm just kind of re-catching up on it.
0: Oh, cool! You, you are you all caught up? Because it looks like they no. got, they got quite a few here.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not even halfway there. Oh, nice! Well, that but looks this like is, you'll be checking out good, what, Yeah, this is good. Like bad stuff to listen to while at work.
0: <laughs> oh, cool! Yeah, I, I I could definitely use that sometimes.
1: All right, Mike, what you got there?
0: All right. What I got here today is a, uh, a movie that has come out in limited release. Uh, so this technically came out in uh, the summer of 2001 in Japan. Uh, this is a Japanese animated animated. Uh, I already said that uh, fantasy science fantasy. I guess it's science fantasy uh, film, an anime film called Bell. B-E-L-L-E. Uh, B-E-L-L-E. Uh, the Japanese title is uh, called The Dragon and the Fre- Freckled Princes- Princess. I don't speak Japanese, so I'm not going to try to pronounce it myself.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to go for that, are we?
0: <laughs> no, no, sir. But uh, <laughs> this came out in the U.S., uh, like, I said, like I mentioned, in limited release on January 14th and in uh, some IMAX theaters on January 12th as well. Uh, in the U.K., it's coming out in February 4th. And the premise of this is um, there's this uh, social media network uh, where it's a virtual reality social media network called you the letter U, and this a uh, little and this young girl it's like she's like 13 14 her name is suzu like she reluct- reluctantly um, you know starts up an account uh, based on like you know because her friends kind of pushing her to kind of join her and um, you know check it out with her and uh, it, and the 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 app doesn't allow you to create an avatar it creates an avatar for you based on like an algorithm or like you know based on like your neurological patterns or whatever basically kind of creates a version of you um or the best version of you and and her version suzu's is like this beautiful pop star that has like these little artistic freckles because you know the character uh, in the real world has freckles and she's this wonderful singer who um you know she sings in real life too but like she has this incredibly beautiful ethereal voice that captures uh the attention of like basically every um user on you and essentially overnight she becomes like the most popular user on that platform uh so you know you can imagine that with a premise like that that you know the, the movie itself is kind of doing a little commentary on social media and you know parasocial relationships and you know f- overnight fame and things like that uh so it, it does tackle the, that those kind of themes but there's also like a kind of a warped beauty in the beast kind of uh, narrative that goes through as well and you know the movie itself it's just beautiful and stunning and a visual treat there's one scene in particular towards the end where you know she's doing a i guess quote-unquote concert for all of the, the all of the users in you and it's this incredibly m- moving moment because she's trying to capture the attention of one person in particular it's not a love story she's trying to she's trying to earn somebody's trust and it's just this visually stunning thing that we saw in the theaters and i wept i I wept not 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 just because the song itself was beautiful but like the visuals like the way that they married the visuals with the song that she was singing and it was it it just over it it just overflowed me with emotion and, and 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 sorrow and melancholy and uh, I'm so happy that we saw it in theaters too, because you know, I, I imagine you can still get that, that sort of effect. Because, like I mentioned, the the song is beautiful, soundtracks are beautiful, but um, you know, just to, just to be overwhelmed in that big empty theater with me and my family, just to you know, in, in I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I think we saw it in like the best light possible. So, you know, if if this movie is playing near you, uh, you know, like I mentioned, it's it's in limited release. I think it's probably still playing right now. Like I mentioned, it's the it's a Japanese anime film called Bell. Uh, definitely see it in theaters if you get a chance, but if not, uh, you know, check it out on digital when it comes to you as well. I'm sure it'll be coming out on, um, uh, streaming platforms, uh, near you.
1: It sounds, definitely sounds interesting. I will have to check this out.
0: Yeah. We'll great. I sound- a way to check it out. Yeah. Great soundtrack as well too. Like my, my, my family, especially my wife, like she fell in love with the soundtrack and she's just been listening to it on Spotify. Oh yeah, man. It's great. Great pop songs and just great emotional ballads. Like I, I think there's music on here that is better than most Disney films music that I've seen in the last few years. Save for like what,
1: Coco. Oh so it's better than the song from Encanto that is all that is all over the internet?
0: We don't talk about that song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I still haven't heard
0: it. Oh really?
1: That guy, sounds pretty I'm, catchy. That's it. Well, I said, "Well, I will take your word for it."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Whatever, I think it'll... If I, if I watch that movie. Oh, Encanto? Kanto, you haven't seen it yet? No. You know, I, said... I thought it was okay. You know, Adam. I can... You know, the only other person I'd know that who who's seen that movie was Adam, my friend Adam. If you don't know who he is, but the he he, he because he's seen it like 18 times a day for the last however many days, <laughs> I think it's I think it's also a little bit of a you know Stockholm syndrome, like he just kind of has to like the songs. <laughs>
1: i can understand that yeah i i say trust me uh i am getting that i'm getting that way with with stuff my kid watches yeah what, what kind I'd of say,
0: movies do you you watch with your kid
1: uh mostly disney because disney plus is just what we have so it's just like i say but for me it's just uh mike i'm never gonna get the handy manny theme song out of my head
0: handy manny oh i used to watch that with my little brother dude
1: I used to watch that as a kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're about my little brother's age too, so you know makes oh, sense. I, I guess yeah. that makes sense.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that and like Winnie the Pooh, I have this all these songs just lodged in my brain. Oh, that's
0: awesome, man! Have you introduced any like a uh, Disney Renaissance films like from the '90s, like Aladdin or Beauty and all the right. Beast or anything like that?
1: Yeah, we have. I. I, I said she has watched a lot of movies with him while like, I'm at work, so I don't remember everything he's watched, but I know, oh, he's, cool. watched Lion, I know he's watched Lion King, because I oh, watched that with him. God, that movie's a
0: it's, perfect film, dude.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's my favorite Disney movie, so...
0: Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh my gosh, it's such a good movie. Yeah,
1: it's fair enough, and, these, and it's one of the few where they actually made a live-action movie, and it was actually still good.
0: What? What? <laughs> That's the uh, end of the episode here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have a hot take. Oh,
0: no, no, no. You you, you can like what you want to like, Daniel. It's okay. I'm just saying. uh, (laughs) Listen, Mike, you're allowed to like the expressiveness of the original cartoons is part of the enjoyment. Of that story, I don't know how you can get that same emotional impact when you're trying to make lions look like lions. You know?
1: <laughs> Listen, Mikey, you can like the Zack schneider cut of Justice League. <laughs> oh, I can oh. like. I like.
0: <laughs> Touche, my friend. And with that. You know, we have our mandatory Final Fantasy and Zack Snyder's Justice League talk, so I think it's time to end the show,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, yeah, I just got—I I, got to mention that Game of Thrones, right? So we hit the trifecta. Oh, Game of
0: Thrones season eight. <laughs> 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 ah, got him.
1: <laughs> i said there now we can end up so.
0: there we go thank you all right daniel thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode it was such a treat going through uh horizon zero dawn with you i cannot wait for horizon forbidden west and you know i'm definitely gonna pick are, are you still planning on picking up day one or weekend I, of
1: let's see yep uh, i think i will i don't know yet but I, okay. I think i will
0: yeah it's gonna be hard to stay away from elden ring but i think elden ring's story will be fine I think it'll be fine to just leave it until I'm ready to ready to get to it. But I think yeah, I that's... need to get to that Forbidden West story.
1: Right, that was my main thing. Is like, no I one, I don't think anyone can really spoil Elden Ring for me.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, especially because that's you know those, those from software games or the, the the stories are so obtuse anyway that you just have to kind of like piece piece it together yourself. Like, people are gonna that. that that's going to take like weeks to for the community to put together. I need to see yeah. her for Horizon Forbidden West now.
1: Exactly.
0: All right, man. So, folks, I hope you guys enjoyed that too. Let us know if you have any thoughts on for Horizon Forbidden West. I'd love to hear it. Daniel, would love to hear it too. You can talk to us over at uh, on Twitter. We're at Dorkiest Podcast, or you can talk to me over on uh, Instagram at Mike Wears Prada. Dan, Dan, you have anything to plug? I know you haven't you haven't done your plug your. Uh, Blogs in a while, but do you have anything to plug?
1: Uh, I guess I will just plug the fact that also you can join the see the disc the skinny with like Adam Discord. We have a we have a Dorkiest Channel.
0: Oh, there we go. So I'll I'll go ahead and put that in the description of this episode then. I
1: said so we have Dorkiest Channel. Someone we we should actually. Type, put something in that channel at some point
0: <laughs> one day one day i, I hey, believe listen,
1: we, we, we finally got some negative feedback on the discord from an episode so i'll take well, that's we... true it's because <laughs> of
0: my big old frat mouth you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs> because, because well, mike it's just our fault for not liking assassin's creed <laughs>
0: <laughs> no it's assassin's creed's fault for being oversaturating oh got him so... Got him! <laughs> For my co-host Daniel, I am your co-host Mike. You know, like we're saying every time that we are sliding under a, a gigantic robo- robotic T-Rex and blowing its gun off of its hind legs and using its own gun to blow its own face off. GG! Take that! Got'em! <laughs>